Um, um, I have the privilege to, to give the word. So if we can open our Bibles, uh, we'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, when you have it, you can say an amen, and then we'll, uh, we'll start soon here. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, I pray that, um, that God speaks to us today. We'll pray right now also. Uh, don't put it up just yet. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, as soon as you have it, can you give me an amen? And we'll thank you guys. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for everything that you are doing in this place and in our lives. Uh, thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here. I know that you brought them here with a purpose. It's not a coincidence that they're here, God. Uh, you put it in their hearts to come today, Lord. Uh, we bless those that couldn't make it today, Lord. We bless them wherever they are, Father, that you would speak to them regardless. We, we know, Father, that you are with them, God. And every church all around the world that gets together today, Lord, we thank you for that. And for those that are suffering, Lord, because of your name and they're having to meet in underground churches, Lord, and they don't have freedom like we do, we just ask that you bless them, God. Father, we pray for Nepal as well, Lord, who had just a horrible, horrible earthquake over there, God. And, and we know that you're with them and we know that through that you're going to use your ministers and the preachers that you're going to send over and that are already over there to minister to those lives, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, God. Amen. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, uh, it says like this, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know of nothing against myself. Yet, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring the light uh, to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Amen? So today we're going to talk about stewardship, stewarding the mysteries of God. Isn't that awesome? What a privilege to steward the mysteries of God. And just right off the bat, I want to tell you that, that, uh, that that's you, that that's you and I, that God has called you and I to steward his mysteries, which is, sounds like a, sounds like a lot, and it, and it sort of is, um, but the thing is that um, he's, he's chosen you, and he's chosen uh, us together as a church to kind of be this, this steward. And I'm going to explain what steward is. Um, in the moment here, and because we say that that word a lot, and I don't think I don't know if any of us have actually explained it, uh, what it means and and what it meant back then when this word was being used, and when Paul used it, when Jesus used it, and, and what it truly meant. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit, and I want to talk about some of these mysteries um, because as as you will see, some of you know this already, but as you will see, uh, these mysteries that God is talking about are. To us, some of them are like, oh, I know that. Like, that's a mystery? Yeah, that's a mystery. And you know that, and you hold that in, in your heart and in your life. So uh, this last week, um, my, uh, my company finally moved. They made the move. Uh, as some, as you, as some as you, uh, of you know, uh, we were moving further away. I already drove like 20 miles 
they're moving 10 miles further. Praise the Lord. And then the gas prices, you know, they help too. So, um, <laughs> so now I'm driving to Encino from Downey. So it takes me about, just to get there, it takes me about an hour and 20 minutes. And to come home, it takes me like two hours, like every single time. So uh, pray for me, you know, that God gives me energy and he keeps me going. Uh, and I also make the time now to work out. Praise God, you know. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I've been uh, eating a lot better. I say no to a lot of things, except last night I did mess up a little bit. I ate some chips, but um, but then I boxed and it all went away. So, <clears throat> um, so you know, God has been uh, been sort of leading me into kind of uh, managing my own life, um, managing my being a well-rounded person. Uh, not round person, but a well-rounded person. That's different, okay? Um, and so God wants us to kind of think that way because he wants us to think like kings and queens. Amen? Uh, some of us think because, you know, the word steward, just so you know right off the bat, uh, before it, would, it was kind of like a slave, but it was, the, the, it was sort of the leader of the slaves, Right? But I think in our context, in God, yes, we are his slaves, but we're also his children and his friends. And then on top of that, he calls us royalty. So he wants us to think like kings and queens. And if you know about kings, especially the ones here in the world, you can't touch them. Like, you can't go up to, like, who got in trouble? I think it was LeBron James got in trouble because he, he took a picture with the princess and he kind of put his arm on her like this. Bad news. Like, he got in trouble. He's like, I didn't know. Like, she's a person. I thought we were cool like that. So you can't touch royalty here. So God kind of wants us to think in royalty terms, not in worldly terms, but in royalty terms of who we are in him and in Christ. And so he says, look, I've saved you. I've given you salvation. I've given you my love, my freedom, and I've, I've, I've you, seat you in heavenly places with me, and you rule with me, and you're my child, and the kingdom is mine, but it is yours as well. We're co-heirs with Christ. Amen? So the kingdom, he says, look, this kingdom here, this vast kingdom is yours too. It's yours. So just live in my kingdom and also rule in my kingdom with me. So here Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's saying, look, let a man so consider us. Basically talking about him and, and, and Apollos. And I'll get into that in a bit. As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Like, to me, that's, like, so impacting because he's saying, look, I'm, I, I'm a man, yes, and, and I've been called by God, but, but I'm not the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. I am simply a servant of Christ and a manager or a steward of his mysteries. Now, if someone knew about mysteries, it was Paul. If you read the word, you know that Paul had... Like, all knowledge, he says. I have all knowledge of every mystery, he said. He says that in 1 Corinthians, I think, 13. He says, I have knowledge of all mysteries. I, I have all prophecies. I, 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 have, I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. I, 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 I know this, but, but without love, you have nothing. So Paul is saying here in this passage, he's saying, look, I, I'm a servant of Christ. He's the head and I serve him because I serve the people. But I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. 
And a mystery of God is that there's a lot, but just simply knowing that God loves people and that he loves you is a mystery of God. Did you know that? It's a mystery that a lot of people don't know. They don't have the, the thinking or the heart open enough to know that God loves them. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. But you and I know that God loves us. He, you know that he died on the cross for your sins. And simply knowing, I know the word simple sounds weird there, but simply knowing that God loves you is a mystery. And you hold that in your hands. You hold that in your heart. You have that. So how are you managing that? How are you stewarding the love of God, for example? Are you, are you showing others the love of God? Are you practicing in that love relationship? Because that's important. I was coming. I was going to work. That's what I was telling you about work. I was going to work. And, of course, you know. It's troubling sometimes when you're in traffic. How many people sit in traffic for a while? Praise the Lord. Yes, I'm not alone. Actually, yeah, you could tell I'm not alone. There's everyone's in the freeway. So I, I take the 101, and then you know how the 101 is like the Hollywood freeway? And then all of a sudden it turns into the Ventura freeway. And I didn't know it did that. And I'm like, I'm in, the, I'm in Ventura. Like, I'm far. So I'm like, man, like, you know, it was Friday, and I was like, man, another day, but at least it's Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, praise the Lord. <clears throat> so my exit, um, uh, it's, it's called Haskell Avenue, and it's so packed, all, like, I'm, I'm all the way far, uh, like, I'm not even near the exit, and there's a line already, like, okay, I better get in the line, because I'm not going to try to cut someone off in the front, you know how some people do that? So I'll just <laughs> so I'll just wait back here. And I'm like, ah, waiting, you know, listening to worship and just kind of relaxing in the car as much as you can. Thank God I drive a automatic now. Sorry for those that drive stick shift. I used to do that, did that for like 15 years. And uh, so I'm driving along and uh, 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 I'm coming towards the exit. And, and this is a very nice area where I work. It's a uh, there's not a lot, there's not, no homeless people there. There's like a really nice area. So as I'm coming off the freeway, there's this man there. And he's holding a big, uh, a big, like, like a cardboard cutout. And he's like this white man. He's kind of tall and kind of chubby. And he has like a big beard. He looked like Santa Claus, to be honest with you. No disrespect to the man, but he did. And he had a sign, and, he, and it said, God loves you. And he's, he's not asking for money. He's just telling everyone that's passing by that God loves them. He's waving at everyone, and he's saying hi to everyone, and he's saying, God, you know, God loves you. He's showing the sign. He's like, God loves you. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, God does love me. Even in this traffic, he loves me. Right? And so I, I, I pull up next to him, and he's just a regular dude. And I think he just decided, you know, this morning, I'm just going to make this sign, and I'm going to go show people that God loves them. And I, and I rolled my window down, and, and I was like, he said it actually first. He's like, God bless you. Have a great day. And I was like, God bless you too. And I drove away, and I thought, wow, this guy's stewarding this mystery. Of the love of God. 
he really is saying, like, I'm not just holding this in anymore. Like, I don't care if I have to make a sign and go stand in front of a freeway exit to show people that God loves them. Man, wow. Wow. Can you imagine, like, one morning he decides to get up and go to the freeway exit and just tell people that God loves them, that Jesus loves them? That's a... To me, a good steward of the, you don't have to do that to be a good, I'm just saying that's what God told him to do. But that's a, that's a good steward of the mysteries of God, amen? So uh, that helped me through, through the, throughout the day because I kept remembering, man, this man took time. He, he, he didn't just do, you know, God loves you. He like drew out a heart, you know, and filled it in. You know, he took his time with, with, with the message that God had given him. And he sat there, I don't know for how long, I mean, you know, rush hour is a long time. And, and I, I, he was there already when I passed by, and I waited for like 30 minutes in the exit. So I know that, that he had been there for a while. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? Give God a hand for that. I mean, like, I, that's praise the Lord for that. So Paul says here, look, we are stewards of the mysteries of God. And... For us to be good stewards, we have to be found faithful. So what is a steward? Let me tell you. It says like this, the definition that I found. The conducting, supervising, or managing of something. Especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Stewardship of natural resources as well. So it's someone that is entrusting you with something that they care about. So what God says is like, look, I'm entrusting you with these mysteries because I care for them and I trust you. And I know that you will do some amazing things with, with these mysteries. So let's, let's look at some of these because these are awesome. So let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Verse 11. Are you there? Say amen. 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 All right. It says, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. All right. I know that's like one short verse. I'll explain. <clears throat> so Jesus always spoke in parables. And people sometimes got it and sometimes didn't. But what it created for the disciples, for the apostles, it created this time of intimacy with Jesus Christ. Where the disciples can ask him, Lord, what did, what did that mean, that what you said to the crowd or to the multitude? And then Jesus would explain it to them. And he would break it down and say, look, this is, this is what it meant by, by this and by that. Like, for example, he talks about the prodigal son or the lost pearl. He would explain those things to the disciples in an intimate moment, not in the crowd. And so what he says here, they ask him, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in clues and in pictures and in images and symbols? And he answers them because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the, of the kingdom of heaven. So one of the mysteries that God has entrusted to us 
is the kingdom of heaven, for example. He's entrusted you to, to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he has given them to you. And he gives you even more when you seek him. But here's the key. That it was an intimacy that he gave the mysteries to the disciples. I don't know how important and how many times we've set it up here. Different people, uh, all, all kinds, even in Spanish. We've said that intimacy and relationship is so important. It is one of the most important things in our life. Like you can come to church and that's awesome. And you can come together and worship with your brothers and sisters. But there's nothing like being in intimacy with God alone when he speaks to you. That's where relationship is built. That's where connection is made. That's when you begin to understand the voice of God and to hear the voice of God. And you'll be able to, you'll be, able to be led by the voice of God. God wants us to be intimate with him. To be in relationship with him. He wants us to, to connect with him. He wants us to be one in, in, in presence with him. You see, he wants to tell you the mysteries of his kingdom. He wants to tell you what's next in your life. He wants to tell you and guide you. He wants you to take a step of faith and, and go and be with him whenever you can. I don't know about you, but sometimes in this life, I feel like there's so many distractions going on. That sometimes people go weeks and months without having an intimate moment with God. And they think, I'll go on Sunday to church and I'll have my moment there. And then the rest of the week, they don't have anything. And again on Sunday, and you can't live a Christian life like that. I'm sorry. That's not legalism. That's the truth. It's a relationship with God. He died on the cross and you're saved by grace. And he's broken every chain and brought you from darkness into light so that you can have an intimate relationship with God. That's where your answers are. That's where your solutions, the solutions to your problems are. That's where he's going to guide you. He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you joy. He's going to remind you of who you are, that you're royalty, that you're a son, that you're a daughter. It's there in intimacy. You can hear a great message from a preacher. You can hear a great Bible verse and just read it, but there's nothing like being in intimacy with Jesus Christ because you can ask any question that you want when you're in intimacy when you have open communication you can ask whatever you want even if the question to you in your mind doesn't make sense you're like I don't even know if I should ask this I don't know if I should even question God yes you can you can ask him anything you want in intimacy and he will answer you he will respond to you like a good father does should He will answer you. He will come to you and say, look, I know your troubles. God knows what you're going through right now. He knows that you're sitting there and you're going through stuff and you're thinking about how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? I need answers to my questions, but you're not having intimacy with God. You can't get the answers from the pastor all the time. You can't get the answers from someone else. Sometimes you got to go to Jesus. And I recommend that you go to him all the time that you can. Now, yes, there's room for teaching. And that's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have church. There's room for all that. But it's, it's, there's nothing like intimacy with God. There's nothing like being in privacy with God. There's nothing like being in a quiet place with God. Now, sometimes... Man, when you have a connection with God like that, like, you know, when we come back after a retreat, amen, it's just me, and you come back and you're like, man, 
Or you, the conference just happened. We were the whole weekend. We were in services, right? And you're like, wow, like, man, I can hear the spirit. And wow, like that every day, though. You know, I've had experiences. Thank God, you know, I've had experiences in the privilege where he actually interrupts my day. He interrupts my day and he interrupts my plans because I'm driving here or I'm going there. And he decides to speak to me. And he says, I have a word for you. I want to talk to you right now. There's nothing like that. Why? Because I've, I've, I've connected and I've, I hear his voice and I know when God is speaking to me. I know when he's saying something. And I know when I can say no to what he's saying. Okay, I was at Chipotle. Chipotle the other day. Chipotle is my life. Now that we're eating better, it's, it's not that bad. <clears throat> Just, you know, the chips kind of mess you up. But anyway. And the sour cream and the cheese and the tortilla. Anyway, but just the bowl. I was at Chipotle on Saturday. Chipotle. And uh, you know the lines on there too, by the way? Anyway. So we're in line for a while. And I'm just kind of just zoned out. I'm by myself, looking around, people watching. By the way, I'm a people watcher, I confess. I like to eavesdrop. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I am weird. Like, I, I'm watching how the mom and dad interact and they got into a little argument. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and the kid doesn't want chicken he wants beef he wants the spicy whatever stuff and mom's like no like you can't eat that stuff it's bad for you and I'm just laughing and so so I get to the now I want you to learn from this because not all of us always do what, what the Lord says even the pastor okay so I'm in line getting my bowl and my wife's bowl praise the Lord so there's this lady behind me. And right when I get to the cashier, the Lord's like, pay for her meal. I'm like, I've never done that before. And, and I've asked God, Lord, like, like randomly, maybe like at church or in the car, I've asked, Lord, whenever, you know, you want, like, just. And then he's like, I want you to pay for her meal. Just tell her, God, how do I tell her? Like, that's weird. Like, she's going to, you know, like, and then you stereotype people and. I'm just going to keep it real. Like, you just, like, they're going to just have an attitude. I don't know, Lord. Pay for her meal. Just tell her. And then I'm thinking in my head, of course, first of all, when you hear God's voice, get out of your head. Get out of your brain. Get out of your thinking. And just go with your heart. He's not going to fail you. So she's there. And the, the Lord speaking, the Holy Spirit, pay for her meal. And I'm like, and now I'm in my head like, okay, how do I say it? Hi, um, I just wanted to do like a kind act of kindness <laughs> to you, for you, and pay for your meal. And then I thought, what if she wants, like, what if she says, oh, well, let me get some more burritos then. And like, I don't have money to buy her 10 burritos right now. And I was just in my head, y'all. I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so I didn't do it. And uh, I kind of felt bad. 
I was like, man, like, I should have done it, you know, I should have said, I'm driving home now, I'm like, I should have said this, blah, 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 and I'm like rehearsing. Next time, I'm going to put it like this, and, uh, you know, I'm just like disappointed in myself. But I don't want you to think that when, when stuff like that happens, that you should, bless you, that you should focus on like what didn't happen, okay? So I focused on what didn't happen, that I didn't do what the Lord asked me to do. Okay, But later, today, actually, the Lord was reminding me, focus on what did happen. Okay, Now, we can, we can account for what did happen, so you can help me. I was at Chipotle, that did happen, and I did buy my food, and I wasn't in, in line for a while. That, all those things happened, yes, Lord, all those things happened. But you know what else happened? God spoke to me there and I heard his voice in my heart and I heard specific a mission that was specific to where I was at it wasn't like can you drive down the street and find whoever and it was like right there in the moment and there's a need right there that's what happened yes I wasn't a good steward of the mysteries of God right but God doesn't focus on your failure. Now he says, learn from it. Next time that you're at Chipotle or at Starbucks or whatever, I've heard people, they'll go to like In-N-Out, for example, and they'll say, I want to pay for the, for the car behind me, whatever their, their bill is. That's a little bit more private, I guess. That's a little bit easier, though. Just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the easy way out. No, I'm just kidding. But what did happen was that an intimacy moment happened uh, with God in public. So as the disciples are with Jesus, they're in public with him, but he can speak to them privately, I guess, in their, in, in their private time. For us, the Holy Spirit is with us. So in, pub, in public, he can have intimacy moments with us. And maybe you've never thought of that. Maybe you think intimacy is only when you're by yourself in your closet. And yes, that's important. Have a prayer life, all that. Very important. But what that produces, what happens inside your house, and your car or wherever, what it produces is intimate moments with God in public. And now, this is the, the crazy part, the, the, the lovely part is that you bring that intimate moment and you bring a stranger into that world. And now, now you've included in your intimate moment with God someone else. And now they can experience intimacy with God in that moment. And you've brought them into, basically you've brought them into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You've brought them into heaven all of a sudden. Because in the world, it's like everyone's buying their own stuff. Nobody's treating people like, no, like, what? Treating you? Not even friends are like, no, you owe me. What are you talking about? Right? But in the kingdom of heaven, everything's, I guess, upside down but right side up. So you bring that person in. So if I would have done it, you know, just using our imagination, um, if I would have done it, this person, I don't know if they had money trouble. 
I don't know what they were going through, but can you imagine the celebration, the joy, my, my, uh, my significance, my purpose would even be more glowing, more shining. Her, her, uh, the ability for her to, to, to know that God cares, that God is after her. All of a sudden, you cre- you've changed the atmosphere. All of a sudden, things have changed. Now, here in L.A., we have trouble with that. Come on, let's just keep it real. We have trouble with saying hi to people. You walk down the street and you're just like, you don't want to look at the other person. You go into an elevator with someone, you're by yourself with them, and you're like. (laughs) All of us. All of us. And there's some people that, because of situations that happen in the world, they don't want to talk to anyone, right? But not us. Like, we shouldn't be that way. Like, we should be, hi, good morning, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, how's your day going? Where do you work? You work on the fifth floor? I work on the ninth. Four more floors than you. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's some of the ways that we steward God's mysteries. Now, you didn't know. Maybe you did. But that's a mystery of God. Bringing heaven on earth. Bringing people into the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Amen? All right. Let's look at another one. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. You there? All right. It says, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Amen? By which, you, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. All right. This is a little bit more extensive, but I'm not going to go too much into it. Basically, most of us here have a revelation of Christ. Amen? We have and understand uh, what Christ did for us and who Christ is in our life. Amen? So when we, uh, when we know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that Ephesians chapter 2, because he's talking about all this in, in chapter 2 as well, that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's not in it of ourselves so that we should boast, but it is his work, right? And so that mystery there that you know about Jesus Christ, because there's people that don't know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for, the, for their sins. They don't know that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. They don't know that Jesus Christ is God. They don't, they don't know or understand that mystery, and you and I do. Hello? We understand that mystery. We know that Jesus is, is God in the flesh. Although he put his godliness aside, as in uh, Philippians chapter 2, he put his godliness aside so that he can show us how to live by faith and, and by, the, you know, by the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We still understand that Jesus Christ is God and that the mystery has been revealed to us about him. That he came. You know, he's, he's still doing that. I've said this before, but he's continually, for example, doing this in the Middle East. He appears to people in their dreams. He says, hey, I'm the one you've been looking for. 
And people that are uh, Muslim, they, they become Christian in secret because Jesus Christ has revealed himself to them. And now they hold the mystery of Christ in their hearts. Now, you and I hold the mystery of Christ. I don't understand how you don't think you're special if you don't. You should feel like you're special because you know the mystery of Christ. There might be someone in your family, someone that you know that doesn't understand the magnitude of what Christ did in their life. So since you have that mystery and you are a good manager of that mystery, a good steward, you can also bring people to the knowledge of Christ. Amen? Have you guys ever, raise your, just raise your hand, have you guys ever just spoke to anyone about Jesus and they believe in that moment and they take him as Lord and Savior? One, two, three, four, five, all of us. No, I'm just kidding. Most of us. That moment, I've been like out in the street preaching, you know, to people one-on-one. <clears throat> and, you know, just talking to them about the Lord. Like my approach is a little different. I just kind of have a conversation and try to, you know, just talk to them about the love of God. I don't try to, like, convince. So one day, I was uh, down this street right here. We were, it was just, I think me and my mom that day. And there was this lady at the bus stop, and I just kind of sat next to her. Like, if I'm waiting for the bus, like the elevator. Like, looked at her a couple times. Okay, what am I going to do? Okay. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh, creepy. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm like, hi, how are you? Uh, she's like, oh, have you been waiting for the bus for a long time? No, I just got here. Oh, okay, good. So um, you know that God loves you? She's like, what? Like, who says that to people nowadays, right? You know that God loves you? And she's like, what? Yeah, I guess, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm from this religion. I was like, oh, no, I know. I'm not talking about religion. I'm just saying God he loves you. And she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I kind of know that. And I was like, and you know that he came to die for your sins, right? Like he came to made you, make you free. And she says, uh, yeah, I think I heard about something like that. And, and I said, well, yeah, like, like, you know, like we all fail, right? Like all of us, we all have messed up in our sins and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, that's true. That's true. And then she started telling me about some bad priest that was like with the children. I don't even want to talk about that. But and I was like, yep, yep, we're all bad. Yep, all of us. And she's like, oh, okay. So, but you know, if the the ones that are supposed to be good are bad, then who do we go to? And I was like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Open the door. I'm coming in. Oh, you're coming in. Okay. I said, she said, if, if all the supposedly good ones are bad, who do we go to? And I said, that's it right there. We've been going to people. We need to go to Jesus. He's your savior. She was like, oh. And right in that moment, the mystery of Christ was beginning to be revealed in someone's life. Ooh, I'm happy. And I said, uh, and I said, you can take him into your heart right now. And she's like, well, God is everywhere. And I was like, yes, he is. Now, this is getting easy now. 
And I said, have you ever thought about, you know, just giving your life to him and just saying, forget all the good, bad men and taking the only one that's good? No, I've never thought about that. What do I have to do? Do I have to go to a church or something? And I was like, no, remember you said God is everywhere? True. I could do it right now. What do I do? Let's pray. And we prayed. And she left. She was like happy, at peace. She felt different. The mystery of Christ was revealed in her life. You have that. You have that ability. But what happens is that we cower, right? We like get scared. We get nervous. I know. Trust me. I was at Chipotle. Nervous. (laughs) But then you see that the mystery begins to be revealed to people. And now they're seeing life differently. Like, you know, stuff before Christ is like, like living life in black and white. Like one day you're happy, one day you're depressed. And like with God is like, a full, although I'm colorblind, it's full color. It's beautiful. Amen? And that's the mystery that Paul was saying. He's like, but which, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And that has been made known to the sons of men. Isn't that beautiful? All right, let's go to, I don't think I gave her this one, but let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. Amen when you have it, please. I'm almost done. Ephesians 5. What did I say? 32? Yeah. Amen. All right. It says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So if you read all this before, because uh, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get into all, all the stuff. It's kind of like a, like a broader picture. You can go to them later and read it in context, but I'll tell you about it. Here, Paul is talking about husbands and wives but he's actually he's talking about the church and Christ but he's using the example of a husband and wife to explain Christ and the church amen so he's saying here that husbands should love their wife like Jesus loves the church and that the church should honor the 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 uh, Christ or or the wife should honor the husband like the church honors Christ or, or, or respects Christ. So he's using the, the, the example of marriage to explain the mystery of the church and Jesus. Okay, this is a mystery that you and I have. It's, it's here. Paul exposes it, and we have it, and we have it in our hearts. I'm going to explain to you how you have it in your heart. You might not realize it, but you have this mystery. Even if you're not married... You have this mystery in your heart. So, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, what God was trying to do here uh, through Paul is he was trying to show how connected the church and Christ are. Now, you are the church, amen? You are the church, and he was trying to show, let me show you how connected you are to Jesus Christ. (laughs) You are so connected 
that you are like husband and wife. Now, I know that today husband and wife doesn't have as much impact as it should. Let's be honest. Most marriages end in divorce nowadays. And so as, as a society, we don't see marriage as like a, like a foundational covenant between two people. It's an institution, amen? So back then, though, marriage was like, it was marriage. It was for real. Like you say yes, it's like forever, amen? And today's yes is like, eh, yes, but back then it was like, no, it was yes. Amen? So I want you to understand the picture of that because Paul's talking about how uh, Jesus and the church are so well connected like, like a married couple. I'm getting in my heart this funny thing, so I'm going to say it. Um, married couples, like, they, they even, they start becoming one, like, when they're really practicing what the word says and Jesus is there and, like, they're practicing they begin to act the same. They begin to look alike. You can laugh. It's funny. <laughs> they begin to like, like they know each other. It's so weird. I know when, when something's wrong with Cynthia. Like, I'll be at work like, hey, is that okay? No, you know. <laughs> you just know. Like, it's so weird because you just... <laughs> You just start becoming one. Like, like, it's so strange. Anyway, like, you know exactly. Like, you know if, if, uh, uh, if let's say you're out at a restaurant or something. You know, you know what happened. Like, hey, so, you know, you're upset, huh? Yeah, you know. I was. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, what about this one? What about, hey, uh, what do you want to eat? Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to eat. Oh, I was thinking some Chipotle. <laughs> no, not that place. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, why did I even ask? Or why did she ask, why do I want to eat? If, if what I want to eat is not what she wants to eat, because it, we're going to end up eating what she wants to eat. I don't know. Maybe there's not enough married couples here, but, but it happens. But eventually, like, things start to just mesh, and we start to think the same, and and not necessarily act the same in everything, but we just start to become one. And it's like we have the same priorities. We have the same, like, passions. We just, we, because we're communicating, we have intimacy, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, time for us. We just, we're just connecting. We have the Lord in the center of our lives. And we're just, like, going after it together. And so it's strange, but... Like a married couple will be one. Amen? They'll become one. And you're like, man, those, guys, those two are inseparable. That's just how God wanted it. Because here it says that that represents the mystery, the great mystery, Paul calls it. This is a great mystery. I speak, I speak concerning Christ and the church, that they are one. Now, you may feel sometimes like you're disconnected from God. You may feel like, like you're far away from God. Or there might be someone around you that may feel that way. But you and I hold the great mystery in our hearts. And we know in our hearts 
that we can never be disconnected from God. I used to live life like that when I, I, when I was sort of growing up in this Christian life. I used to think that one of these days, like, I'm going to mess up so bad that God's going to be like, get out of here. Right? And you live in fear. You're like, man, like, if I mess up one more time, that's it. I'm done. And God says, look, like, like I don't want you to mess up. That's not an excuse for you to mess up just because I won't kick you out. But just know that I won't. And use that to be more connected, more intimate, uh, have better relationship with him. Because, the Christ, because Christ and the church are one. Like marriage. Does that make sense? All right. That is another great mystery. So why am I telling you all of these things? And there's more. I wrote uh, 15 of them down. I don't want to go through all of them. <clears throat> Why am I telling you these, these, these mysteries? Because it is, it is our job as stewards to, to know them because they're, they're, they were left for us. They're here already. And not only that, but to, to sort of practice them and show others about them so that we may be like I said in first Corinthians chapter 4 when we started that we may be stewards of the mysteries of God as Paul was before in chapter 3 in first Corinthians everyone was fighting because some were saying no I'm with Paul and no I'm with Apollos and no I'm I'm actually and some were like no I actually started with Jesus so what's up and everybody was just like picking their team right and Paul just started saying, look, like, either way, if you came in through Paul, like, if, if Paul, you know, gave you the message, or if Apollos gave you the message, you know, maybe I planted and he watered, but it's God that gives the increase, he says. So really, the credit goes to God. All I am, now in chapter 4, all I am is a, a servant of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. Now, Paul is sort of bringing himself down in this. But to me, reading it today, I'm like, but this is so important. This is me managing the mysteries of God. And it's, I know the word mystery makes it sound like, wow, like maybe the pastor and the elders will know. No, no, this is for everyone. This is for all of you to know that you have the mysteries of God in your life, in your heart. And that you can bring the people around you into it. All you got to do is just be a good steward. And what does that mean? Open your mouth about them. Show people. Uh, bless people. Love people. And that's it. And God will guide you and lead you to be a good steward of his mysteries. But remember where it starts. It starts in intimacy. It starts having a relationship with God. Amen? So can you put up 1 Peter 4.10? I want to read this just to, to end with you guys. As each one received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So you can minister to each other as good stewards. These mysteries and this grace of God that he's given us. So let's ask God today, who's around us that needs Jesus? Or maybe it's you. Maybe it's you that needs to know how much he loves you, how much 
like intimate. He wants to be with you. Maybe it's you that that wants to know the mystery of of Jesus Christ who who has become Lord and Savior of our lives. And just like that woman at the bus stop who started to see Jesus, everyone else have failed her, you know, religious men and religion itself have failed her. Jesus, she started to see Jesus won't fail her. And Jesus won't fail you. And Jesus would bring his disciples into intimacy. And he would show them the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Where everything is different. The language is different. Where everything is not like it is in this world. Where everyone gets the same reward. Whether they worked nine hours, 12 hours, or one hour, God gives the same reward in the kingdom. He gives himself. He is the reward. And he rewards us here on earth when we seek him. He continues to to allow us to persevere when we're connected and we're intimate with him. Do it because he loves you. Do it because you're one with him, because you are the church and he is Christ. And Christ in the church, the great mystery, because you are one with him. Why don't you get on your feet, brothers and sisters?